Okay then, confession time. Now, you and I know that reality TV is massive. And I mean massive, you know, it's everywhere. Mm. But the confession is that I haven't really watched that much. And I don't think you have either. No, we've not really got into it. And some of the big ones have really passed us by. I mean... I mean, we know about them because, you know, the Kardashians, I'm a Celebrity, Big Brother, Big Boss, what it's called in India. Big Off. uh, The Voice. Yeah. Used to like uh, Made in Chelsea or was it Made in Essex? No, I think it's... Taui, right? The only way is, is Essex or right. something like that. I have seen uh, um, Strictly Come Dancing, though. Yeah, we yeah. all know about The Seven. And, uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, so, thanks to social media and all, I've seen clips. I know what's going on. Hmm. But I've never really watched a series. We've never got into it. And I think the whole idea behind hosting a reality TV uh, show is to find these characters who stand out and people talk about and suddenly they start trending. Or They're they, larger than life. Larger than life. They sent Twitter into meltdown. We all remember Shilpa Shetty on... on That's Big one Brother, of the right? last... I remember watching that, actually. Hmm. That must be quite a few years ago. Yeah, but this so, week, we've suddenly had a concentrated shot of... I was just going to say, why are we talking about this? Because yeah. we actually watched some reality TV this week. Yeah, that's right. So, um, how would you describe it? I'd say shallow, cringeworthy, a complete waste of time, some might even say, but, you know, strangely addictive. So, what are you, which one are you talking about? The, um, Bollywood Wives or The Crown? Wouldn't you want to know? Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters and everything else in between. Now, we're talking about reality television. We're talking about two specific shows that we happen to see uh, this week. And um, let's start with the, the fabulous lives of Bollywood wives because everybody's buzzing about it. Everybody's talking about it. And it only came out a day or two ago. So yeah. we were hot of the press. We really can't believe we actually watched it. Yeah. And, the good thing was, plus points first, hmm. each one was about half an hour, so we managed to whiz through it. I think yeah. there's eight episodes. Yeah. And uh, let's start with the title first. You know, I read about it first when Karan Johar had a massive, well, not massive showdown, but he had a bit of a, a tiff with Madhur Bhandarkar, who's another very rated uh, filmmaker. Madhur Bhandarkar said to Karan Johar that you asked me for the title uh, Bollywood Wives a couple of years ago and I refused to give you the title and you still went ahead and made a show which uh, with a title which sounds extremely similar. So you're trying to sabotage my project. Because he makes movies like that. Remember Fashion? Yeah. He made Fashion, he made Chandni Bar, he made Calendar Girls, so many, right? And Karan Johar cannot afford to have any more bad publicity because in the wake of Sushant's death, I think Karan Johar has already been trolled like no one's business. So I think he saw it in his benefit to kind of promptly apologize to Mother Bhandarkar saying that I didn't really want to upset you. But but he still went ahead with the name. Went ahead with the name. He launched the show. And I think it, as a result, the series got even more publicity than it would have probably got otherwise. But... As anyone can tell when you know what the lineup is, I mean, these are all women who are famous by association. Neelam Kothari, okay, she was a, a star herself some time ago, but she gave it up years ago. Other than that, I mean, Seema Khan, Mahip Kapoor. Uh, Why don't you tell everyone whose wives they are as well? Yeah, so Mahip Kapoor is Sanjay Kapoor's uh, wife and Sanjay Kapoor is Anil Kapoor's younger brother. Um, then you have uh, Bhavna Pandey, who's Chunky Pandey's wife, now Ananya Pandey's mum. 
uh, you've got Neelam Kothari who's a bona fide uh, Bollywood star once upon a time now jewelry designer fashionista call her what you will She's, married to Samir Soni I, guess I remember him from um, I think it's called Mouthful of Sky it was a TV show yeah I remember I, his face is familiar but I would be hard pressed to remember a single film that he was in Bhagban I think right and who's the fourth person the fourth person is uh, Neelam Maheep Bhavna Seema Khan who was who is still married to Arbaz Khan but I think she has a proper Sohail Khan Sohail Khan I'm so sorry I'm con- confusing her with Malaika Sohail Khan but I think they have a very unconventional marriage in the sense that I don't think they are officially divorced but they don't live together or whatever it is so they're all famous by association and uh, but it was what did you think of it what did you make of it well not having watched much reality tv as we just said mm. uh, it was bewitching it was mesmerizing it was eye opening but it was also so crass and shallow at the same time mm. that, well, i mean i watched it yeah we watched it. i felt for their children though because ananya ananya pande is a bollywood actress herself shanaya kapoor wants to become an actress very soon and I don't know how would you this is a completely I don't want to I, I don't want to use the word planet. fake anywhere yeah. so I won't use that word yeah. but it was obviously a lot of it was scripted I think a lot of it was scripted it was meant to be in a way uh, you know a homage to Shahrukh and Gauri who are the ultimate bollywood couple and uh, yeah it, I don't know and there was a, a lot of cussing and swearing for no yeah. rhyme or reason I think and I think it only highlighted and underlined the fact that that bollywood really is a planet of its own these women it's are completely on bubble live in their own bubble although i have to say they seem pretty happy in it you know while we might be looking at them from the outside and passing judgment and saying how can you lead such shallow lives where every day is only about what you wear and what makeup you're going to buy and which sunglasses look surely there's more to life than just that how can you possibly be so shallow but here they are and as you can see clearly loving every moment of it and i think in a way it's an eye opener as you said for me i mean i talk about bollywood i talk about films all the time but this really shows you the extremely fickle nature of fame the extremely um also what i'm looking for um competitive nature of well i don't know i don't showbiz. i think a lot of it was hamming up to the camera no, it was you know, up karan johar was involved it became half the show became coffee with karan coffee in the with middle karan. yeah that's what it was you know he god alone knows why he made an appearance twice and why he was being everybody was being like so sycophantic about sharukh and gauri and and I just felt I don't know it just gave you an insight into how insecure these women or anybody in showbiz really must be because there's always a younger prettier better looking uh, person who's you know there to take your place if anything should happen to you no but so, they're not bollywood stars anyway no so. they're not but they just show that it just gives you an insight into how it is how conscious they are of and they don't shy away from they had they had a cat fight the you seen in you know neelam having a procedure in terms of getting uh, talking about botox and fillers and all of those things so it is fascinating to watch but it's one of those things which makes you i think look at showbiz with a fresh pair of eyes because you realize that these people actually have to work exceedingly hard to stay at the top of their game the struggle in bollywood begins after you become successful it is to sustain and maintain that success that you have to really really Now, play that game it's a bit questionable that uh, do you think their other halves were very successful 
in that in that game no they weren't but then to be you know be called a bollywood wife or to be a part of that very strange world which is disconnected from reality you have to play the game yeah and what you could tell from yeah. the whole thing was that they're very good friends with karan johar and they're good friends with gauri khan gauri khan and i think the only person who had a semblance of you know i'm an outsider who's who just happens to be an actor and i've become a part of this now big through association was neelam's husband samir soni because he was on you could see he didn't want to dress up he didn't really want to be there for the sake of being there just to say oh why do you want to be the grumpy and, one and, and, and he hated going to parties he hated going to parties he's a loner he's the only one who seemed like a normal person you know and he wasn't playing to the gallery everybody else was clearly there to kind of get their own little 15 minutes of fame on the series and so it is I don't know. I I have no idea what it what it, that says about. But it was compelling. Really, you had to watch the next episode. Yeah, you had to. It was very hard to stop when it mm. says, you know, going to the next episode in five seconds. It was very hard to uh, press uh, stop. Also, because they shot it like a film, right? It was lavishly shot. I mean, the amount they must have spent on locations and clothes. No, it one or two episodes were total promotional promotional pieces for, for the Doha hotels and five star hotels and all of that. You're right, but it's it falls in that. Do you reckon all reality TV is scripted? No, but a lot is. A lot is right because you have to nudge it in a certain direction Correct, for it to still hold people's attention. Else, obviously, it's otherwise, just, you know, you wouldn't watch it, right? It'll, it'll be like this show. We're just rambling on. Yeah, but you know what? Speaking of rambling on and speaking of uh, editing something tightly and speaking of um, censorship, there's an interesting story that I um, read recently, which said that the nature of um, dramas. and uh, films that are now made specifically for ott platforms in india for digital could change because the information and broadcasting ministry in india has taken it upon himself to keep an eye on content on digital and therefore they would be subject to some sort kind of laws and there will be some censorship some kind of censorship they wouldn't be able to get away with everything well that's going to be very tough for um, all these uh, dg series that are coming out yeah because they're backing on the fact of being a bit rude a bit shocking that's what you know the indie filmmakers are saying that that is what has saved digital i mean thanks to the lockdown people have flocked to digital uh, in huge numbers Do you remember when you watched sacred games for the first time we were like shocked with we the language shell, yeah. and we didn't realize that that's what that that's happens that's what it now. is now yeah. that's what it is now and but that's what they are saying that you know anyone who decides to make something on digital now doesn't have to worry about box office numbers doesn't have to worry about spending money promoting it you know all these press launch poster launch first look second look third song you don't have to get a listers you don't have to get a listers and that's why you end up making something that you truly believe in because uh, the only thing that sets your work apart from anybody else's uh, is quality is content uh, and, uh, i don't fully agree with you there because Why? some of these digital channels hmm. buy any old rubbish hmm. you really have Actually to saying that you even have to bollywood wise through it. even bollywood some of it, yeah. some of it is really yeah. dire see even i think i imagine you're right because even something like bollywood wise i can imagine it getting a lot of eyeballs though it's by no means the I last think, word in that, that is really that's what they want it's getting yeah. a lot of eyeballs yeah it's pretty controversial people it's a bit marmite yeah. people love it or they hate it yeah I was indifferent to it. It didn't yeah, change. Yeah, and I felt that it didn't change my world. It's really. something you watch today and forget tomorrow, right? It doesn't do anything to you at all, but you it's compelling viewing. You have to admit. Uh even though you might 
think that it's shallow like and you watched um, Emily in Paris I did Emily in Paris as it's meant to be Emily in Paris I enjoyed it immensely enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah. even that color criticism because it's got every cliche yeah you know it's about the beret the croissant yeah it's got every cliche that you can think of thin french women who like to smoke yeah it it was nice it was but it you was enjoyed that as well didn't you yeah it was it was quite entertaining but um, yeah censorship uh, in india could they're saying that you know it could change the kind of um content that emerges on these platforms in india and it, i think that'll be something one should keep an eye on there's something else that you and i we because we live in london we watched it uh, a couple of months ahead of people in india got to see it and i became i believe it stirred up a huge controversy in india uh, a suitable boy a suitable boy a suitable boy so remind us what is the story again there what happened there well, recently yeah uh, well we saw it on the bbc yeah and then 2 3 months later it's gone on to netflix mm. and there was a huge controversy because um Kabir and Lata I think they were the characters names that this, uh, was it Kabir and Lata yeah I think they there's a kissing scene mm. and it just caused all sorts of mayhem and boycott Netflix and all mm. and I think the crux was that they're actually kissing uh, outside a temple mm. and that got people really riled mm. you know the, the, all the love jihad stuff came up again yeah yeah I I don't know I mean I would have thought We we didn't find it controversial at all. We didn't even know about it. Yeah, I don't think we know it just passed us by. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I warmed to it only in the last two episodes when it started. I thought it was absolutely terrible because I loved the audiobook so much and I'm sure I've mentioned this a million times on previous episodes of our podcast. But um towards the end of it I quite warmed to the characters and and yeah, this this wouldn't have crossed my mind at all, but you're saying that it's become a big big thing in India now, right? Um What else? You know, I mentioned uh, um, Churels just now because when it was shown in Pakistan, hmm. they, it was so controversial there. They had to pull it out as well. Yeah. You know, they took it off. They took I Z5. They took Z5 off. Off Pakistan. I think. I enjoyed. Or that episode or whatever. I uh, enjoyed Churels as well. I didn't think I'd. I'd. Uh, I binge watched it over two days. All ten episodes. <laughs> we started this podcast by saying we don't watch any TV. We don't watch any TV. Hmm. And now. Yeah. You're confessing to watching, watching it you're now. You confess to watching a lot of stuff. Yeah, we started watching it now. Um speaking of Z5, there's something very interesting I read the other day. Um I believe they're one of the first digital platforms to bring their fan base a compilation of digital dramas from all around the world. So even though it's owned by India, I don't understand what that means. So they like they had Churels from Pakistan. It's essentially an Indian channel, right? But they had Churels from Pakistan. They're going to show you other digital dramas from you no, know but Z all paid, around the world. Z5 paid them to make yeah, that. Yeah, to make that. Yeah. They so they're going to champion off. good content regardless of where it comes from, you know? So the a bit like Netflix, like right? almost like a Desi Netflix. So that's going to be quite interesting I think. Coming to the Crown uh, season 4. You you're not watching it. I'm I'm watching. You're talking it. about Netflix but don't forget Amazon Prime is right there as well. We watched lots of stuff on Amazon Prime as well. Yeah, I can't remember what we watched last. I want to watch Breathe into the Shadows. I wish you watch it on Amazon. I, I, I really want to watch that. See, my problem is that when I hear something is 10 episodes, 12 mm. episodes. Mm. I don't think oh who's who's going to do that. No but that's If, if I find out like the if I find out that they all like 25 minutes hmm. I think that's okay. Hmm. What I do want to see is uh, I think it's called Queen's Gambit. Yeah. 
Because I've just been hearing nice things about it. Yeah, that people who are saying that you would... Really appreciate it. You would pause the crown to watch the Queen's Gambit. And you then don't, you can come do back. you know how to play chess? Uh, not really, no. But you'll still enjoy it, I believe. Hmm. Speaking of the crown, season four, I think, in my view, is the weakest. And I don't know if I'm biased because... I've not seen it, so I don't know. Because I, I don't yeah. quite approve of Olivia Are you Coleman. sure? I would, I would say the most exciting because I feel like this is the period I know. The Charles, Diana, Camilla, Margaret Thatcher. Mm. I don't know. It's doing nothing to me at all. But they didn't have the, you didn't get to know this knowledge in your pin in, back in India. I thought everyone knew Princess Diana and no, had their No, we know Princess Diana and that's not the reason I don't like it. I just feel that A, Claire Foy was absolutely fascinating as the Queen in the first two seasons. Um, Olivia Coleman doesn't come anywhere close to Claire Foy. Boy, that same one. Olivia Coleman who's an Oscar winner yes. who's in Broadchurch yes. and I find the storylines far more interesting in the first two seasons maybe it has something to do with the fact that you know this it harks back to a time when the Queen actually became a Queen and so it's more her childhood her father's uh, uh, story the abdication and then how the family was suddenly thrust into the spotlight and how she was so reluctant to play the part that she eventually had to play but once she became the Queen you know, from that day, she's taken her duty very seriously and she's really... And which is this, which, what is this, series four? Series four. So which is the series which was all about um, Princess Margaret, Helen Bonham Carter? That must have been a good one. That was season three. Helena Bonham Carter took over from, uh, ooh, I forget the name of that fantastic actress uh, who I saw in A Streetcar Named Desire. Something Kirby. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, yeah. Okay. So Hel- Hel- Helena Bonham Carter is took over strange? from... Didn't you see that, didn't that Streetcar Named Desire have mm-hmm. um, Gillian Anderson in it? Yes, who's now Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, wow. So it was Gillian Anderson uh, and Vanessa Kirby playing sisters. G- so can I just go totally off the point for one second? Yeah. Uh, Streetcar Named Desire is one of my favorite um, plays. Mm. I'm a great Tennessee Williams fan, mm. and um, you know everyone's seen the Marlon Brando version. Mm. I saw a version of Streetcar Named Desire in Delhi mm. by a bunch of students. Mm. It was amazing. So you Hindi know, version. It, it was English with Hindi. It was English, mm. and you know, so he's playing. I forgot the name of uh, Marlon Brando's character now. Stan what? Stan something mm. uh, Polish. Yeah, name. she is Blanche Dubois, yeah. right? And uh, he's Stan. Stanley. Stan. Stan. So, what were we talking about? The Crown. So I've, I feel that these stories are somehow not as gripping as the first two seasons were, and. Um, I read a, an interview recently where Peter Morgan said that it was important for us to have a team of people work on this uh, series who were young enough to not have their own preconceived notions about all the characters they were researching. And yet they were not that young in the sense that they were still curious enough to find out more about all the people who are the principal characters in season four. So Charles, Diana, Camilla plays a very big role. Princess Anne, uh, Prince Andrew, you see, you know, growing so, up. So there came in no baggage. They came with no baggage. So they were really researching. And, you know, they said how fascinating insights into how this series has actually been shot. It had a budget more than what the Queen gets, you know, as her grant. It had a massive budget because it's such a big draw all around the world. And they say that even for scenes that are, that you even for things that you're going to get a fleeting glimpse of, you see Princess Diana in her wedding um, gown for no more than 30 seconds. And yet they've spent millions on recreating that dress from the original design and right down I, to the I, shoes I, I that she's wearing. I remember reading a lot about that uh, 
yeah. when I was young. Was it the Emanuels? The Emanuels. You know what you will find fascinating? Because we live very close to St. Albans and we've taken the kids so many times to St. Albans. The, the Abbey, the church in St. Albans, yeah. is one of, one of the oldest in this country, right? It is. That yes. has doubled up as both Westminster Abbey and St. Paul's many, many times. And, and we also live very close to a place called Hatfield. Yeah. And I believe... Hatfield House. Hatfield House. It's been used in this. It's been used in Rebecca, which we saw recently. But especially the the episode that I was watching the other day, where it's meant to be St. Paul's, I think. And it is completely, if you've been to uh, St. Albans and you know that church, we know it so well. You will completely recognize it. So that's quite fascinating. It's an abbey, abbey, I think, isn't it? It's an abbey. Um, so yeah, we've been, we've been watching a lot of from not watching much reality TV at all. The Crown wouldn't really be reality TV, right? It's it's what is it? A docudrama, because it's completely seeped in history. As you like to say, it's a biopic. It's a biopic, yes. Um, so well, yeah, it is. I, I guess in a way, it it is. And even in the first two seasons, you know, you have that whole. Churchill being part of it. So you're not a fan of this. Basically, you're saying you're not a fan of this one. I'm not a fan of this part of royal history. Let's put it that way. Does does this show um, Charles and Camilla in a kind of bad light kind of thing? It does. It it does. And you actually end up feeling sorry for Princess Diana. And you see how she transforms from being a wife who's quite miserable and completely overlooked. And she knows that she stands no chance uh, in gaining Charles's affections because he's already madly in love with Camilla. From I read, there to yeah. go to kind of you know become the the darling of the press and really play to the gallery and milk it, it's it's quite a fascinating uh, arc. Sorry, I was saying that I read somewhere that um, you actually feel sorry for Gillian uh, Anderson's Margaret Thatcher in this mm. when she goes to the she goes to Buckingham Palace wherever mm. to spend Christmas or something. Yeah, does that happen? She, no, she goes to Balmoral. Balmoral. To have a an audience with the queen, and she doesn't have the right shoes. She doesn't have the right clothes. She's dressed. She's come down. Apparently, there's so they have dinner, but before they have drinks. So Margaret Thatcher and her husband Dennis, they're not quite sure whether how they're meant to dress for for drinks. And when she's completely ready, and she's gone in, and she only finds herself to be extremely overdressed, but the rest of them are still in their hunting gear or whatever. So it's it is yeah whatever. Um, fascinating and extremely well researched as well. So, um, yeah, I mean... So we're going to watch more reality TV? I'm not sure. I think it's just going to be you know, I, once in a when, while. When things come to finals and all, I, I like to be in tune and know what's going on. So I do sometimes watch... Uh, I, I might watch the final of Strictly Come Dancing, maybe. Mm. Or the one where they, the one where they bake stuff, maybe. Yeah, Bake, bake Off. Uh, you know that the winner of Bake Off is going to be on the cover of OFM, so that you'll know anyway. Are they? Yeah, yeah normally they are. But, um, so let's see, I mean, we, we going forward 2021, if there's more reality TV coming our way. For uh, anyone who doesn't know, OFM is a food supplement that comes with a Sunday newspaper. Observer Food Monthly. Uh, should we say bye-bye then? Let's say bye-bye. And uh, just a sweet reminder, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And uh, don't forget to follow us on social media and... Um, let us know very, what you think. Very quick to say that. What is our social media media handle? Um, social media handle is uh, Shabby and Man Podcast. And we're on uh, Facebook. I believe we're on Twitter and Instagram as well. Are we yeah, I, I don't know if we're on Facebook. Have you ever updated it? No, I haven't. Then we're probably not on it. All right. Okay. Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye.